Welcome back to the 4A podcast, y'all. The winter meetings have hit, and we are now going in to the dog days of the offices. The winter meetings, they were huge. So many signings took place. Most of the big names are off the board. Obviously, we had the judge signing. We had a couple signings right before. Tom, what do you feel about it? How are you doing? Um, feeling very negative today. Um, yeah, if Stez was here, he would be feeling the same thing. And Aiden, actually. Uh, winter meetings did not go well for Giants fans or Nationals fans. Uh, you know, watching Trey Turner leave, too. I mean, not he already left the Nats a long time ago, but going to his division rival, that's a, that's a pain for them. Uh, and, you know, the Aaron Judge, John Heyman, um, whole, the whole problem there, you know, I'm still, I might get a poster for that and just hang it up on my wall. Um, I cannot believe Arson Judge was not a giant. It's just, it, there's so many big names that have gone off the board at this point. You don't even know, you know, I think this is the biggest winter meetings we've had in a long time. Yeah. You know, like the John Heyman tweet was a dumpster fire, uh, arson pun there. Um, but let's start there. So we, what did Judge sign two days ago? Or he yeah. signed yesterday. Just signed yesterday. No, no, no. He signed yesterday morning. Yesterday morning. Okay, and so then, two yeah. nights ago, this would be Tuesday, December sixth. John Heyman sends out the tweet that Arson Judge and the Giants are close to a contract, and like everyone starts flipping out. Giants fans are happy. Tom's so happy, and then seven minutes later, oh, nothing. No, nothing happens here, and it's not surprising. It's coming from John Heyman, probably the least reputable reporter there is for MLB. <laughs> Um, Tom, how did you feel when you saw the second John Heyman tweet? So when I got the first one, I was at the gym, right? And I was going to be the one to obviously break the news that Aaron Judge signed with the Giants because it, it was it was my thing to do. You know, I'm a Giants fan. Um, and so I'm stretching at the gym. I get the the tweet that John Heyman has just tweeted out. Um, I'm walking out of the gym to go to my car to film to film the TikTok saying Aaron Judge is a Giant. I'm getting ready for it. Um, and then as I'm walking out of the gym, I get the second tweet and I turn back around. I, I just turned back around and just went back to lifting. And I lifted so heavy. I was not happy. Um, and I was like, man, it would really suck if he went to the Yankees now. It must really suck if he goes to the Yankees. And then, and then he did. And, yeah, and then he did. You know, it was just. <laughs> I, woke awesome. up, I woke up at 8 a.m. On the, on the seventh, looked at my phone, nothing. A couple minutes later, Jeff Passan, Andrew Judge, and the New York Yankees have agreed on a nine-year, $360 million contract. Like, obviously, this is the move that the Yankees had to make, and they did it. Like, you can't let someone like Aaron Judge go. Uh, from what I've heard of the negotiations, the Padres offered him 10 years, $400 million. Huge deal. It just seems like people don't want to go to and go to San Diego. Uh, and the Yankees were originally at eight years, 320 million. So it's probably like they found a balance of the two where Judge was like, hey, Hal, I want to stay. You give me, you know, this extra, extra little bit here. I'll come to you guys. They met in the middle. Good negotiations. Like Judge, Judge got a lot of money. He's guaranteed himself 360 million, 40 million a year for nine years. On that note, uh, a little bit before that, Brian Cashman, Yankees GM, was extended through 2026. And the Yankees signed Tommy Canely for two years, $11.5 million. Like, I think the Yankees did their biggest thing of this offseason, which was retaining Aaron Judge. They still have to address the rotation. Yeah, and I, I think I think Aaron Judge was the main piece. I think if you don't get Aaron Judge, this, the offseason is an, an, entire, an entire failure. Um, unlike 
unlike Jacob deGrom leaving the Mets, like we'll talk about in a little bit, that was more replaceable than a type of player like Aaron Judge. You know, he's a real difference maker. So I think if he didn't sign Aaron Judge, it would have been a failure. And now for the Giants, it is a failure, you know, and for both teams, whoever lost out on Judge is the loser and whoever won out on Judge is the big winner. Uh, the only question now is, are you overpaying him? Uh, I mean, I know he's got health problems and I know I, I know he has had health issues in the past. So is that is that a risk you're willing to take? And I would say yes. Uh, and I think a lot of people would say yes. So I think it's a great move for the Yankees, obviously. Um, he's a good leader out there. And now he will be cemented as a life a lifetime Yankee, which is which is good company to be in. Yeah, I mean, the, their whole offseason plan was get Aaron Judge, because if you don't get him, you have no offense. And you're probably, honestly, looking at fourth place in the AL East. I still don't think they're in the best spot right now. I still think there's a couple upgrades that need to be made, especially on the offensive side. Their starting rotation's solid, but nothing exceptional. I mean, obviously, you have Garrett Cole at the helm. You have Nestor Cortez, who had the breakout. Then you're kind of looking at Severino, Herman, and Frankie Montas, and you're really hoping you can get innings from them, but you really don't know with all with a lot of injury history. Um, yeah. And then the bullpen, there's a lot of questions there. Yeah, I mean, you lost, you lost talent, you lost Talion, um, Tyone, sorry, um, but at the same time, Herman. And Montes, and I mean the 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 three the three that come after the big two. I mean, obviously Cortez and Garrett Cole are the best, but the three that come after Herman Severino and um, yeah, they they can all be utilized. I think I think they're not reaching their full potential right now. I think at at a certain point they all had a peak where they were either the one or two pitcher in their in their rotation. Um, obviously the bar is really low for someone like Frankie Montas, but you know, he's got the ability. I think he was a little shaken up by going to New York, but I think all of those pitchers can be turned around. I agree. And so you brought up the whole Jacob deGrom, how he's kind of replaceable. Well, on the first day of the winter meetings, the travel day, the Mets did go replace him. They signed Justin Verlander. You heard this on our last episode. They got Justin Verlander two years, $86 million was a third year for a vesting option. Like they had to do this. They, had to go get Justin Verlander or else they were in a really bad spot. They also made a lot of moves over the past couple of days, especially today. Uh, if you want to go check out today's Stev check, you'll find out what happened today, but, or you can find out right here. Uh, Brendan Nimmo, they resigned eight years, 162 million. Jose Quintana, two years, 26 million. David Robertson, one year, 10 million. And they also made a trade where they acquired Brooks Raley from the Rays in exchange for Keyshawn Askew. The New York Mets might have the highest payroll of all time. Yeah. And it's not going to be close. And all of that just to lose to the Braves. Who are paying, by the way, like a lot less for similar superstars too. Uh, It's – and also I should probably mention, I think – I don't know if the source is true, but I think Justin Verlander did get a bigger offer from the Yankees than the Mets, but he chose to go with the Mets. Yeah. Um. Not sure why I did that, but obviously, um, if there was one player that could replace Jacob Degrom in your rotation, picking up Jake, uh, Justin Verlander was probably the best thing they could have done. Yeah, and so that rotation, there is a little bit of questioning there. Uh, they did get Jose Quintana, which is going to be a good middle of the line starter for them. So right now, it looks like Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer, who are very like they're old in terms of baseball, thirty nine, forty. So you yeah. really do hope you can get them to stay on the field. You got Jose Quintana, who had a really good second half last year. You just got to make sure that the defense behind him is really good. 
you have Carlos Carrasco, who hasn't been the uh, the slogan for health. Um, I yeah. don't mean to make any offensive remarks towards that, but he hasn't been on the field a ton in his career. Um, and then you're looking at competition between Eliezer Hernandez, Tyler McGill, people like that for the fifth starting spot. So they did address an area of need, but the other area of need that's huge is that bullpen. Yeah, and and re-signing big big bullpen names is the most important thing they should do now. I think locking down Brandon Nimmo and replacing and finding a good replacement for Jacob Degrom is most definitely a step in the right direction for the Mets. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, the minute I saw Jacob Degrom leave the Mets, I thought they were going to internally collapse. Um, but they've managed to get back up on their feet, and I honestly wouldn't be surprised if they go out and get some more pieces, uh, especially for the bullpen. Yeah, I agree. They did go get David Robertson today. Good move, good veteran presence. They traded for Brooks Raley, which is a really good lefty to have in the bullpen. It still feels like they're an arm or two short. Obviously, they have Edwin Diaz, um, but they still need an arm or two. Just depth, depth, depth. You can never have too much depth. And I want to see where you stand on this right now. Given the Mets signings and the Philly signings that we've gotten into, which team's better right now? That's tough because – in in terms of talent, I still think the um I still think the Mets have the upper hand on that, but the Mets don't play together as well as the Phillies do. It seems, especially in times of need like the playoffs. Um, mm. I think the Phillies will have a better record than the Mets, but it's all down. It all comes down to how they actually play with each other. You know, the Mets, um, in twenty twenty, I believe had the worst like runners in scoring position batting average, like. It, it, batting average with runners scoring position. It's only a matter of, of how they play. I think if, if they're, if they're actually clicking and actually have good dugout, uh, good ball, you know, good presence, I think that they will be better. Yeah. I, I agree that I think the Mets ceiling is a little bit higher than the Phillies. Cause if you kind of look, if they can repeat what they did last year, they're exactly where they started off or if yeah. they start off where they left off last year. Uh, Phillies, they made their own big moves. They addressed probably their biggest need, which is a shortstop, and probably the best form possible, Trey Turner. 11 years, $300 million. I, I wish Stevs and Aiden were here to complain about it, to whine about it. Um, but like they, I, that was rumored so much throughout this offseason, and it finally just happened. And that, Yeah, that's another, that's another Tom prediction that landed right there, the Trey Turner to the Phillies. I, I was a little surprised. I mean, I thought it was a reach when I when I picked him to go to the Phillies, but over time it seemed to get more and more likely. Mm-hmm. Um, by the time he signed, it wasn't even shocking. And then signing, going out and signing Tyler Walker, filling another spot in the uh, rotation was definitely, definitely, I think the next best thing he could they could have done. I agree. Uh, especially in a lineup with with so much power behind the plate, I think going and addressing the pitching situation is good too. Yeah, and so right now that rotation, obviously Zach Wheeler, Aaron Noah at the top, Ranger Suarez, maybe he can continue that postseason breakout. Taiwan Walker slots into your four slot. You are paying him $18 million a year, which I thought was a drastic overpay. Um, and then Bailey Falters, your five starter, who is exactly what a five starter is. So like it's a competitive baseball team, but unfortunately they have the Mets and the Braves to deal with. Uh, and for another note, they signed Matt Strom to two years, $15 million lefty out of the bullpen. You can never have enough of those. So another division that we pointed out was the Giants not getting Aaron Judge. And I'll, I'll hand this off to you, but the NL West is a real toss-up right now. Yeah, I I don't I don't know. I, I, I mean, obviously Mitch Hanniger 
is a player that I'm pretty high on, obviously be- dealing with some injuries, but when he's not, when he's on the field, he's been good. Um, with that being said, he's very, he's very streaky. Um, obviously not a judge level player, but I think it's a good bat to have in the lineup. Um, and I mean, I think we would have gone out and gotten him anyways. Um, I was really hoping we would land Nemo today. Um, that didn't happen either. It's, we're running out of players to pick up now. So I don't think there's going to be a scramble, but I, I think that the Giants definitely are in need of more outfielders. More, I mean, this was supposed to be a big spending offseason for the Giants, and there's not much to prove for it. And to make matters worse, uh, Rule 5 draft absolutely purged the Richmond Squirrels, our double-A team. Uh, we lost eight players. Um, I think that's the most of any other team. So it's just the Giants are taking L's right and left. Um, I don't think – I don't think – I think we're going to, we're going to get a big name back. I think it's going to be surprising. I don't know if we're going to get Rodon back. I don't know if we're going to get another big outfielder or maybe even Correa, but I think it's not over yet. Um, and I think that a big signing would definitely shift the waters a little bit. If you want to talk on that, you can, but. Uh, um, I was I was going to ask you, if you miss out on the shortstop market this year, do you think the Giants try and push back to the 2023 offseason, or do they look to the trade market? Um, that's interesting. I mean, we don't really have, I think we have an above average farm system. I mean, it's one of the better ones in the league. I think it's like top 10, I think. Um, but we don't have much talent to trade away right now, other than obviously the biggest names, but the, that's the thing about the giants. There's not many biggest names. Um, so I don't, I don't know who you would move. Um, but I don't think they would go all out and sell. I don't know if, I've never seen a, I've never seen a big market team do that. You know, seeing teams like the Nats, the Reds, the Athletics, you know, seeing those teams sell and seeing those teams start from the ground up, um, is 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 more common to see than a, like a really big market team like the Giants. So I don't see that happening. Um, I see them really being aggressive with their money spending, but um, if they can't land a shortstop. I, I mean, the whole season, the whole offseason is a failure, like we mentioned before. Um, and honestly, I, I don't I don't see it happening. I think we have to land one of the next the, the, the next two, Dan Dansby and um, Correa. Um, but yeah, if we don't if we don't land one. Um, yeah, I think we have to push back. I think the Giants should also be hesitant. And I think they will. If there is no one available to sign, they will not overpay someone just to get someone. Yeah, I, I don't think they'll be stupid in that sense. But a team that was very much willing to overpay was the San Diego Padres. They offered Aaron Judge 10 years, $400 million. They offered Trey Turner 10 years, $342 million. Both of those players declined. Do you think there's an issue with going to the Padres? Do you, or is it just more of a they wanted to go back home, stay where they're from? Well, um, for Trey Turner, um, I don't think he wanted to be on the West Coast anymore. His wife is from New Jersey. I think it was just so perfect that he went to the, the Phillies. He's just close to home now. Um, that makes sense for him as for judge I think the only reason he was considering the Giants was because he had this whole like dream fantasy when he was younger that he wanted to go play for the Giants um, but it, it was it was really more for judge it was more just like wanting to play for the same team her whole career and how he already had a presence and the Yankees fans love him there so like it, it's not a matter of not wanting to play for the Padres I don't think that's the case um, some people only care about money, but I think that Trey Turner and Aaron Judge are are past that now. So I, I think both of them did it based on their own personal decisions and not not something like that. Yeah, and so overnight, uh, late on December seventh, 
Xander Bogart signs with the Padres, 11 years, $280 million. A lot of the signs are pointing to him going back to the Red Sox, which is exactly what we thought was going to happen. I started to think that because it really looked like they wanted to get him, which they kind of needed to, but they didn't end up doing that. So now the Padres infield looks pretty freaking good. You got probably Jake Cornworth at first, Hassan Kim at second, Xander Bogart's at short, and Manny Machado at third. Your outfield's going to be Trent Grisham, Juan Soto, and Fernando Tatis when he's back from his suspension. Like, that's a good baseball team. But are you concerned with Fernando Tatis' return, and do you think they try and make a move to ship him off? That's what I'm thinking. I, I think that it has to be – there has to be something going on in there, like a plan. Um I mean, obviously, there's a meme, there's a meme going around that they have like six players that can actually play shortstop right now. Um, you know, like the entire team can play shortstop. It seems like the abundance there is just does not make sense. Obviously, Tatis can move to the outfield. Machado plays third now. Um, uh, Colonel Worth can play second. Um, where do you put Hasyon Kim? Maybe second, right? I mean, yeah, you just move you move players around when you need to, but. Why would you go for all these players and overpay them if you didn't have the idea of selling Tatis somewhere? But that being said, though, his market is not – his value is not going to be that high right now. He's coming off of probably the worst circumstance that you can have to, to boost your market, you know? He's not, he's not going to be bought very high. I agree. I think that the Padres and specifically, like, their management is more of a we'll do whatever it takes to win. And sometimes that just is putting money where they can put the most money. I don't think signing Xander Bogarts is inherently a bad move, but I think it could have be could have been spent in better departments. Because putting money there, putting money towards Robert Suarez, it kind of looks like Josh Hader's gone after this year. Yeah. It kind of looks like they're gonna have to give Manny Machado a lot of money next offseason. Because he does have an opt-out after the 2023 season, and he better exercise it for his sake, because he will make a lot of money from it. Probably not like an insane increase in salary, but something quite considerable. I'm curious yeah. to see where the Padres go. Yeah, and, and and the eleven the eleven years for Bogarts. I mean, obviously, age 30 season, Bogarts is going to be 41 by the time he's done, and he's still going to be getting paid this much. Um, I think he's got the talent to get paid a lot right now, but uh, a long-term deal like that for a 30-year-old just doesn't seem to make sense. I think, wait, is uh, is Trey Turner also 30? Trey Turner is 30. Okay, well, you know, 11-year deals for 30-year-olds is a little bit more of an overpay, but I think it's more to secure the player. Yeah, and because you think about it, you're paying for probably six or seven of these guys' years, like the prime of their career, and yeah. you're suffering for the rest of it. But the Padres, they have Machado on contract. They have Tatis on contract. They're hopefully for their sake going to get Soto on contract. Bogarts is on contract now. Like at some point, their spending becomes limited. And so going to the team that lost on the sweepstakes, the Boston Red Sox, I think this was their Aaron Judge. Obviously not the same degree, but this is the guy they had to bring back and they didn't do it. Yeah, and I really thought the um, I thought the momentum started to shift when they signed Masataka Yoshida and also Kenley Jansen for whatever reason, which which was very shocking to me, by the way. I mean, I really thought he would go to a team that needed bullpen help. I mean, obviously the Red Sox need bullpen help, but they weren't going to be a team that even has leads to save. You know, mm -hmm. it, it doesn't make sense to me. And I thought that with the signings of Yoshida and Jansen, that 
it would be a slam dunk to get Bogarts. You would think that you would think that um they would be they would be going after Yavaldi and Bogarts just to make sure that they can retain all of the Red Sox. But at this point, it seems like the GM is like a chicken with his head cock, cho- chopped off. It doesn't it doesn't make sense to me. Um, because now you just signed two All Star level players probably. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's no team to surround them anymore. So it's all, I don't, I don't know if it's, if it's going to be, ne- if it's necessarily going to work for them. Yeah. I think that like, they're obviously in the Christian Vasquez market. That report came out and kind of makes sense. Uh, first base, they're going young Tristan Casa. Second base, you have Trevor story, but I, I'm assuming he'll go to shortstop at this point because yeah. now Bogarts is gone. You have Christian Arroyo who will probably take over at second. Uh, Bogarts at third. Kike will go to center. Verdugo is still in a corner. Uh, I think it's his name, Robert Refsider. Yeah, is Jeter Downs up yet, or is he just? I don't think he's there yet. Or no, wasn't he there? And he wasn't great. He came up for a little bit. He came up for a little bit. He wasn't great. And I think that at this point they have to get Nathan Uvalde. They have to, because right now it's Chris Sale. You don't know what he is like. How many innings he's going to give you? Nick Pavetta gave them 180 innings. They weren't quality innings, but they were innings. Garrett Whitlock was really good when he was a starter, but he's never gone more than 100 innings. And then Tanner Hawk, again, never gone that much. Brian Bayo did not look great. And yeah, he's, he's a rookie. He's yeah. a rookie. So, like, he, I don't know how much there is there. Obviously, they've looked to upgrade the bullpen with Kenley Jansen and Chris Martin. But it's just so confusing trying to figure out where this team's going to go. I, I mean, we talk about direction here. I, I'm just, I'm just trying to think. I bet the Red Sox didn't even expect Bogarts to, I mean, no one expected Bogarts to go to the Padres, but um, I, I really think that in order to consider to win for the Red Sox, they would have had to get Bogarts mm-hmm. um, without him there. I don't know. I mean, Trevor story. Um, I don't want to say he's past his prime, but he's probably past his prime as a, as a, as a hitter, at least um, still got speed on the bases, still got go, 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 go off defense, but um the batting average has dropped significantly. I don't know if it's an effect of the cores field, but um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I guess maybe. But I think when I look at the Red Sox roster construction, it's not necessarily that I'm looking solely at the Red Sox individually. I'm looking at the fact that they're going to have – they're going for the playoff spot. And they're yeah. going to have to compete with the Yankees, the Rays, the Blue Jays, and the Orioles. And you can't tell me that they are not rolling out the exact same team that they did last year. It's just not a team that is is capable of winning a division like this. This is probably one of the hardest ones to actually the hardest one to win in all of baseball. So it's mm-hmm. not it's not very it's not a very good year to go out with a we're gonna try team, you know? You need to have the best team. Because honestly, at this point, all five teams in the AL East can't compete for a playoff spot. The twins. Yeah. Maybe the Twins. Definitely the White Sox and definitely the Guardians are going to be competing yep. for a playoff spot. And then four of the five teams in the AL West are trying. I don't see how the Red Sox are better than the Rangers, to be honest. And I don't think anyone writes the Rangers in as a playoff team. Speaking of the Rangers, they did get Jacob DeGrom. That was right before the winter meetings. And they also signed Andrew Heaney to a two-year, $26 million deal. I thought that was a really good move for them. Obviously, there is injury risk there, but there's a really high ceiling. Yeah, I mean, especially especially considering that you have two of, two of the best lefties in the game now. I mean, 
not like not like dominance, but like just very effective lefty left-handed pitchers on the team, along with Jacob Degrom now. Um, and John Gray, I mean, he he can figure it out. I I think I, I you've seen flashes of John Gray doing good, so I think I think it's definitely a, a third place potential team. I don't think they finish any higher than that, but you know they're they're gonna be good. Yeah, I think that this division is really Astros, Mariners, Angels, Rangers. Athletics. Yeah, yeah. You had to pause for a while there. Yeah. No, and the Athletics are the only other team that did make a move, at least major league-wise, during the winter meetings. They signed a lead Diaz to a two-year, $14 million contract. That is perfectly fine. You have filled a position on the major league baseball field for two seasons. Good job. Yeah, that's what I, I got to do. The Astros obviously didn't need to do anything. Mariners really didn't need to do anything. Angels, I was a little bit surprised they were quiet, but then again, like they'll the Angels are gonna angel. Um, I think the best move that was made in the American League, obviously, besides Aaron Judge resigning, was the Guardians getting Josh Bell in the postseason last year. It really just felt like the Guardians were missing that one big veteran bat, and it specifically was at first base. And Josh Bell fits that mold perfectly. He gets two years, $33 million with an opt-out after the first year. I think best case scenario for both sides. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think I think I think the Guardians are winning on this one. Um, because I think I think Josh Bell's ceiling is very high. So I think Josh with the opt-out after one year is betting on himself a little bit. And mm. the Guardians are now getting a switch hit, a switch hit, another switch hitting bat in that lineup, which has a ton of upside. Yeah, I think that a team that we're overlooking that didn't make a move was the Orioles. They didn't make they haven't really made any moves this offseason. They found Kyle Gibson, which was solid. It's just, do you think that the Orioles are ready to compete in 2023 and their management sees it that way? Or do they think do you think they need one more year before they're all right, we're going for this guy? I guess the only thought process I can think of is that they're waiting for Gunnar Henderson and Gun- and, and uh, Grayson Rodriguez. I mean, Gunnar obviously came up towards the end of the season last year, but I guess they're just waiting to see how good they are. I don't know. I don't. I mean, there's there's a ton more prospects in that system that are coming up too. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's time to start moving them around to start trading for pieces. I don't think a Brian Reynolds trade would make sense for them. Do you mm-hmm. think that would make sense? Um, I don't personally think it would make sense. I think they really need to look more to the pitching market and the infield market. Yeah, um, I mean, so for pitching, I mean, obviously Chris Bass is still on the table. He's still got Evaldi on the table. Um, Sean Mania is still on the table. Yeah, Rod- I mean, Rodon's Rodon's the one that's probably going to go to one of the bigger teams that's going to pay a lot of money. Um, I don't know if the Orioles are going to do that. Maybe. I, I'm just trying. I'm trying to think of more budget to players. You know, I I don't know if I don't know if the Orioles are going to continue this budget stuff because I mean, obviously they they don't spend much, so they have a lot to spend. Well, that's been more so because they've had no reason to like they they've had the best like market surplus over the past four or five years because they have a really good tv deal they sell decent tickets given their circumstances over the past couple of years and they have a really low payroll so they've made a lot of money that they can now put back into the team yeah and i think they have to go after trey mancini i think that makes sense for them obviously yeah. um hometown guy um and i mean there's a couple of the players that are still available brandon jury being one of them um who still hasn't gone off the board. I don't think they signed one of the biggest names, but mm-hmm. I think picking up a guy like Brennan Jury would definitely help out the offense. Um, there's not many more relievers on the market. Uh, I mean, obviously, Adovino's, Adovino's still available, but... Um, Shafin. Yeah. 
Yeah, I see him going to bigger name teams though. It's it's gonna be tough for for a team like the Orioles to sign. Could him. you see a Zach Britton reunion? I you know that wouldn't that wouldn't surprise me actually. Um, because they need a left hander in that bullpen, right? Yeah, everyone could use a left hander in their bullpen. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, so he he'll be useful in that bullpen, and I think the veteran presence would be nice. Did you have any more thoughts on any other American League teams? Um, let me think. I mean, not much movement on the Royals, but the Twins shopping Luis Arise was a little surprising. That news coming out a couple of days ago. Um, you kind of wonder what's the direction there. I mean, a team that's pursuing Carlos Correa, and a team that's trying to buy a little bit, trying mm-hmm. to sell their their best hitter. Uh, that just that doesn't make sense with me. Uh, does that that make sense to you? Do you think that you have, do you think you've cracked their plan? No, I think that the Twins are a little bit blinded by the fact that they need starting pitching that they didn't realize that if you get rid of the offense, you now need offense. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it works. Yeah. Um, I think just looking at it from a broad standpoint, I think they do end up getting Carlos Correa. I think he's the last chip to fall. I think Swanson's going to end up going to the giants. That would not uh, surprise me. I think Swanson ends up going to the giants and the twins are like the most persistent team on Carlos Correa and they end up getting him. Yeah, and I think I think one move that maybe the Blue Jays should make is the one that I still predicted a while ago is is going after Kodai Senga, the probably the biggest pitcher that's still in the market other than Rodon. Um, I think Bassett should be in that conversation. Yeah, I just think that in terms of upside, in terms of like the gamble, I think mm-hmm. a team like the like the Blue Jays should should gamble on that. You know, I think he has the the highest upside. Yeah, probably not over Rodon, obviously, but the second place. Okay. Yeah, and so moving on to the Braves, it's just a quick trade. They got Joe Jimenez from the Tigers in exchange for two prospects. Uh, This is going to be their setup guy. He's going to go probably right for Rysel Iglesias. You deploy Minter, Yates, and like the high-impact innings, any other bullpen pieces you need to throw in, Colin McHugh, like they go when a normal bullpen piece would go six, seven, eight. And then you put Raisin Canes in in the ninth. I mean, that's all you really need. As a team like the Braves, um, they addressed the only thing that left their team, which was Kenley Jansen. I mean, obviously, uh, Swanson's leading, but they addressed that a long time ago when they brought up Von Grisham. So there's a solution everywhere. So this team is not losing the division. They're going to win over 100 games probably. Um, And they did exactly what they had to do. And it was not a big move at all, but it was necessary. Yeah. The Nationals really didn't do much on the major league level. Uh, the Marlins also didn't do anything, which is really disappointing. I think that if you give this team an ounce of offense, it's an actual competitive team because the pitching is so good. I, I don't know. It's it's tough because the NL East um, is very top-heavy, obviously. But yeah. the, the, those top teams, do you think a, a Marlins team with some pop behind the plate would actually compete with the with like a team like the Braves, the Mets, or the Phillies? I don't think they need to, though. I don't think the National League's as deep as it was last year. I think they can compete for a wild card spot. Because yeah, you I look think at it's the, possible. You look at the teams right now: Mets, Phillies, Braves, Cardinals, maybe Brewers, Giants, Padres, Dodgers. I wouldn't even say Giants right now. Yeah, but it's gonna be it's gonna be one of the the Padres or the Dodgers. I mean, obviously the Dodgers are probably gonna win the division, but you know, yeah, but it's gonna be I only said six teams. Yeah. Like oh, that's right. Yeah, new format. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, room. like the NL Central, Wilson Contreras goes to the Cardinals. They lock up their backstop for five years, 87.5 million. Obviously, Contreras goes to a rival team. So I don't I don't like that that much, but it happens. 
uh, Pirates signed Vince Velasquez to a franchise altering one year, $3.5 million contract. They're just filling out their baseball roster for next season. Vinny Velo. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the Cubs, however, they signed Cody Bellinger to a one year, $17.5 million contract, which is so much money for someone who barely hit 200. Uh, hasn't really hit in three seasons, but there's so much upside there that I think it's worth the risk. Honestly, if, if he went back to the Dodgers on a cheaper deal, I'd have been fine with it because there's still an idea. He may find something. He's still going to play good center field. And they also signed Jamison Tyone to a four year, $68 million contract. I was kind of upset when I saw that I really wanted him on the Dodgers. I saw a lot of upside, especially with this curveball. They could fix him with a sinker and just throw out a nice sinker curveball combo. Probably generate a lot of strikeouts with that as well, considering the high RPMs on that curveball. I really liked Jamison Tyone, but he ends up on the Cubs, who I still don't understand. And, you know, it's it's the Cubs and the Red Sox that both seem to make these big moves that that the the really competing team should be making. No one, no one that's no one that's battling for even getting above five hundred should be going going for Jamison Tyone. That should, yeah, they should be going. He should have been going to a team like the Yankees, the, the Dodgers. You know, I think that would have made more sense for him, even like the Blue Jays, teams that need starting pitching. But the Cubs just, I don't, I don't understand. I, they're they're taking a weird route here, and I don't know how it works for them. Yeah. And so, like, as the NL Central stands, the Cardinals are clearly the favorite right now. I don't know how much separation there is between the Brewers and the Cubs. I know that the Brewers have really good starting pitching, and they have an ounce of an offense. Offense, excuse me. But I I feel like it's the same Brewers team that just was so disappointing last year. Yeah, especially with, without making any any big splashes in free agency. Yeah, um, you're you're putting back the same team that that choked away the division last year, and and this is a team that I predicted to be very good. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's much else that can click because you're getting great production from people like Willie Adamez, Rowdy Telez. You know, the offense is is good, but you're like obviously there's some really bad pieces on that offense, but and you're also getting probably peak Corbin Burns, peak Brandon Woodruff. You're getting this and peak Freddie Peralta. I mean, you're getting you're getting very good production from both sides, but it's just clearly not working. So you need to you need to make a move soon and you need to figure that out, you know? Yeah, because right now they just traded away their second baseman. Right now on the left side is Luis Urias and Willie Adamas. They got Christian Yelich in the outfield. They just acquired Jesse Winker and Abraham Toro. That'll fill out their outfield. And right now, second base is open until they call up a prospect, probably. First base is Rowdy Tellez, catchers Victor Caratini. I don't think this is a great team by any means. And yeah, I, think, I, I think I think Garrett, uh, what's his name? Garrett Mitchell? Yeah, Garrett yeah. Mitchell will be coming up in center field. I think Toro will play second, probably. I think Toro's okay. primary is second. But that even even that, that's still a very still, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I don't see the Brewers going above 85 wins as they stand right now. Obviously, that could change if they go out and acquire, like, a good middle of the lineup bat. But yeah. I don't think they're going to. And the last team with moves is the Dodgers. They certified the Clayton Kershaw contract. It's one year, $20 million. That's such an underpayment, if we're going to be honest here. If we look over the past five years, Jacob DeGrom and Clayton Kershaw have the same amount of innings. 
they have a very similar ERA. And honestly, the only difference is one throws 100, one throws 90. Yeah, I mean, I guess one's more flashy, but I mean, the, the effectiveness for a team obviously doesn't even matter. You know, if you're getting the same yeah. production from one player, yeah, it's a steal. Yeah. I, I think maybe I, I guess Kershaw gets overhated. Yeah, what do you I, think about the length? Of the I don't play? mind because it, it's his decision. Clayton Kershaw's yeah. just on one year contracts because if he wants to play or not. Yeah, I think I think if the injuries start getting to him, he'll he'll retire. But yeah. I, I think he'll be a lot a Dodger. I think player. he retires That's... once the Dodgers win. So that might be like twenty years from now. But yeah, when he's throwing eighty three. <laughs> but um, I think once the Dodgers win a World Series, he's he's done. Yeah. Um. I. This is a, a Clayton Kershaw is my favorite player of all time. Yeah, like that he is my favorite, but he gets overhated. I don't think people understand how good he is still. I I was surprised. There was a bit of a down season. I don't know. I think it was 2019, maybe. It was 2020. 2019 was, was like a 303 ERA. 2021, he had a 355, which was injury riddled. Yeah, that, that was that was the season I was thinking of. Other than that, he's been back to his true form in 2021 yeah. and 2022. He had good seasons. Well, 2021 just, wasn't great. Yeah, just once the once the um once he can, I, I don't know if he can go a full season without getting hurt though. I I, I, I really hope he can. Yeah, I mean, there was that game last year where he was throwing that perfect game and then he got pulled early. Well, that's because he was then, being built up. Yeah, but the whole the whole the whole idea of of Dave Roberts avoiding the injury and then him going out for his next start and getting injured. It's like, it's like, you might as well just let him make history at that point. But that's a, that's a conversation for another day. But I, I yeah. just, I think, think the durability is a bit of a liability. Yeah. Honestly, like I would take him on my team over Jacob deGrom, if I'm going to be honest, I think the day in day out consistency, given what we saw last year, I'm going just off of last year. Cause I don't know what Jacob deGrom is right now. Like considering the injuries, I, you know what you get with Clayton Kershaw, given the injuries. Yeah, I mean, I, I would still take the ground probably. Um, you probably have a little bit of Dodger bias, but I mean, I think they're they're more similar than they are different. So yeah, and I think it gets overshadowed because, as you said, the is more flashy. Absolutely, yeah, and he throws harder. His slider probably breaks a lot more just because it's. I mean, it, it's faster too. The slider goes ninety three. This I think the slider goes faster than. <laughs> yeah, the Kershaw's yeah. fastball. But I think Kershaw, his rebound is a attributed to like not being he's not being injured in streaks, like he was able to get into rhythms. But also because of the ban of sicky stuff, because he, if you look at spin rate, it doesn't imply that he was a user of it. I don't know if he was. He probably was. Everyone was. But I think the league average spin rate on fastball decreasing slightly, but his maintaining the same high spin that it's always had was just a bit beneficial to why his fastball at 90 was successful. Like he's clearly yeah. saying, I'm going to come up here and give you all of this 91. And I mean, he yeah. does, and he strikes you out or gets you weak contact. He was projected among the highest of starting pitchers and expected ERA. Like he's good at baseball. And the Dodgers also signed Jason Hayward to a minor league deal with a spring training invite. I don't understand it. I don't care, though. Like, it's going to cost us at maximum a million dollars. And maybe there's upside there. I doubt he makes the team. He probably should have retired. But I, I'm i not uncomfortable with where the Dodgers stand right now. I'm okay, with, I'm okay with a 95-win team. Is it because you want to see something different? 
I want the young kids to play. This team's yeah. too old. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, definitely, definitely bring up the young guys, but there's just too many of them now. Would you start trading some just for some pieces or do you want to let all of them come up? I would put Miguel Vargas at third. I'd probably resign yep. Justin Turner. I think he's too good in the clubhouse. He split yeah. some time at third, primarily at DH. Uh, right now, your shortstop is probably Gavin Lux, which I don't like too much. Um, center field would probably go to James Outman, who I he, when he came up for all four games, he looked ridiculously good. I don't know how much you can rely on that. Um, they have Andy Pagas, who's supposed to be up in a couple of years, to go to left field. There's so many excuse me there's so many options they've still got behind the dish diego cartaya that brings up the three-headed monster of you know, monster being austin barnes you know that image of like the two really serious yeah i know you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah that's awesome will barnes. smith diego cartaya and austin barnes austin barnes great defensive catcher it's just you got to figure out what you're going to do given all three of them i could see them possibly shopping him and him having a lot of value and you could go get a starting pitcher from that. But they also have Gavin Stone. They have Ryan Pepio. Like, could slot right into the rotation. They have Bobby Miller. They, like, they're in a good spot in terms of player development, having kids come up from the minor leagues. I'm not too worried. I think that worst case scenario, you go spend at the trade deadline. Yeah, that, I mean, that's what they do. And I think Bobby Miller is expected to come up next season, too. So, I mean, you're, you're getting that replacement soon. I mean, what does the rotation look like? Uh, right one, now, it's Clayton Kershaw, Julio Urias. You have Dustin May. You have Tony Gonsolin right now. Uh, and Bueller's coming back. At He's not, next he, season. he won't be here. Just gone. Yeah. yeah. Man, is, that's, that's tough, yeah. Is he on a contract right now, or is he on? Um... Uh, he is on – he's going to be ARB2 this – or. He's a super two, so ARB three this year. He'll be ARB four, 2024. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so, so I mean, Bobby Miller will probably fit into the five then. I think it's actually going to go to Ryan Pepio on starting, on opening day. I think Bobby well, opening Miller. Opening day, yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. I don't know if Bobby Miller is going to be a starter this year. I could see him in the bullpen in like a long relief role. Something kind of like Mitch White had done in the past. Um, I, I just don't see, I see a lot of downside to Bobby Miller. Obviously, like, that's if you put him into the starting rotation immediately, or he could be absolutely electric. But I think that there's a lot to be said about the young talent the Dodgers have. What do you think about Andrew Chafin to the Dodgers? I think that'd be great. I'd love him on the Dodgers, but I'm not worried about their bullpen right now. I'm yeah, really yeah. not. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, if they need a guy, they'll make a guy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, it's true. <laughs> like they freaking got Yency Almonte from the Rockies, and he was one of the best relievers in baseball last year. Yeah, I mean they they kind of they kind of got that Rays ability to just turn random people into to superstars. I mean, I mean there was Andrew a guy, Freeman was from the Rays, so yeah. Yeah, I mean there's just there's just yeah there's talent on that team, and it's it's renewing itself too. So that's like a, you and the Astros, you, the Dodgers and the Astros are just able to renew themselves. Um, Partially based on spending, but more more based on actually having a, a really good farm system too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you if you think the young guys should come up and they shouldn't trade for these big names, then I think that's probably the best thing they can do. Um, however, it would not surprise me if before the season starts or before next season starts, I mean, or by by the end of the trade deadline, that the Dodgers trade at least some of their pieces away for Brian Reynolds. That would not surprise. I me. would really like that move. I would love Brian Reynolds on the Giants. I, I, love, Giants it, I love Brian Reynolds, man. 
I think that him on the Dodgers would be a perfect move because right like Mookie Betts is he's your leadoff hitter. You could put Freddie Freeman probably going back to the three hole, but I, I don't know yeah. about that lineup right now, man. It's a good lineup. You got Will Smith in there. You got Max Muncy, probably Trey Turner, but wait, Mac, uh, Justin Turner. Sorry, yeah, Justin Turner. Uh, RIP Church. Yeah, I don't, yeah. See, I'm not that upset about that. Like, obviously, it would have been really nice to have him, but you know what? That's 300 million dollars we're not spending. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guarantee they'll find somewhere else to spend that that will probably be better. Yeah, um, and you have to look at the Dodgers. Like, they are going to have Trevor Bauer off the books after this year. Which is big. It's only, I think it's only seventeen million this year, but it's still seventeen million. And honestly, the Dodgers only sign they only extend players. Aside of Freddie Freeman, the only long term contracts they have were extensions. Yeah, you guys had a lot of rentals, you know. Trey Turner, yeah. I almost consider a rental. Masters is a rental, and you know, and these, Manny Machado, these guys, yeah. I forgot about you. That's crazy. Yeah. 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 I mean, this, this whole team kind of, I, I think we'll, we'll rebuild regardless. I agree. And I think that 300 million will go into more of an extension. I agree. Maybe, maybe Will Smith. Did you have any lasting thoughts on anything in the national league? Um, I mean, there's just some more big names that need to go off the market. Um, a couple of teams that should be making moves probably. Um, I think the biggest, the biggest teams that need to make moves right now, actually and NL is a lot, a lot less, um, crazy than the AL, but I'd say right now the only teams that need to make moves, and I, when I say need, I mean need, are the Marlins and the Giants. I mean, yeah, Marlins and Giants. Those are the only two that really need to. Alright, so right before we go, where's Kota Asenga going? I got him going to the Blue Jays. Alright. So where that'll do it. For, oh, where do I have him going? Yeah. I have him ending up with the Padres, unfortunately. Yeah, that would suck. That would suck. I hate the Padres. All right. So that'll do it for this week's episode. Thank you for listening to the 4A podcast. If you want to come interact with us, you can hit us anywhere on social media. There's a Reddit now, r slash AAA podcast. You can follow us on TikTok at the same thing, Twitter, Instagram, anything else in between. Respond to all comments. We'll chop it up. We will see you all next week. Peace.